One of the defining characteristics of this church structure, amongst many, many other church structures, has to be the amount of statues that we see as we look around this church. In the literal four corners of this church, you see so many different saints, so many different angels, so many different beings that aren't normally a part of our everyday acquaintance. And this is by design. But if you think about it, the traditional vision of the church, the church militant, the church suffering, and the church triumphant, it is all intermixed in this one building. But why is that? Well, I dare say we find the answer today as we celebrate the solemnity of all saints. This very day when we celebrate the saints, not just those that are known and canonized by the church, but even those that are unknown to us and only known as a spirit or as a collective body that they nonetheless enjoy eternal beatitude, and they too enjoy God's presence. But what does that mean for us today? We start this evening with the book of Revelation, and Revelation is a, a part of the apocryphal literature. It is about the end times, and so it is very much concerned with the end of humanity and the beginning of their eternal journey and eternal life. And as such, we see in this parable, this passage tonight, rather, this very indication that we hear about all of these members of the church that have a mark on their forehead that is none other than the mark of their baptism. The mark that they, true, they too became an adopted child of God, and they endured through this entire life and elected to be God's child through their words, through their actions, and through every moment of their life, even the moments that they needed to repent for. Yet nonetheless, they are the members that are elect, and so they have a mark affixed to their forehead. Eventually, that comes to the time whenever they have white robes that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And what are we told these are? That there is this angel that is speaking to John, and as he's asking him, what do these people mean? Who are they? John responds, you are the only one who knows. And the angel's response is beautiful that these are the ones who have survived the time of tribulation. These are the ones who elected to have their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. These are the ones who were baptized, and these who lived it out. And now because of this, they enjoy living in the halls of heaven forever. Indeed, these are the saints. We continue on and we hear from the first letter of St. John, and it speaks about this adoption that is present amongst God's children, this ability to call upon our Abba, our Father, the one who is our creator, the one who brings us into being, and the one who calls us into relationship with him. And yet, as we see that, we recognize that that is not something that we can take as a label and simply move about our life. But rather, it's something that we should see, it's something that we should treasure and cherish, and it's something that we should take to be a challenge, to live as God's child, to see the example and to see the ways that he is encouraging us to live the lives of saints and to continue to imitate all of those that we've seen around us so that one day we too can enter into the halls of heaven. And so in fact, that simple reminder that the Lord is calling us to be pure as he is pure, to be saints and to bring bring ourselves to be those heavenly beings so that one day we too can enter into the halls of heaven and enjoy our eternal reward. And then finally we arrive at the gospel according to Matthew and these eight beatitudes with which we are likely somewhat familiar, these eight statements of blessing, and each one is pointing out something about our faith. 
that it may not make sense in a worldly context. That in fact we see and we look around and we think that these don't prove to be true. The meek are not inheriting the land. And yet it's not this land that he's talking about. Or what about the poor in spirit? Theirs is the kingdom of God. They aren't gaining any kingdom here. Why is this so? Why is Jesus saying all of these things? Well, it's because we're looking towards a different land, a different place, a different kingdom. It's nothing else other than the halls of our heavenly reward. And so, in fact, this is an encouragement to continue to seek after this reward because it is something that is otherworldly. It's something that the world often loses sight of. And so Jesus knows that he needs to give us these eight statements of blessing to remind us that even when things look bleak, even when things are going poorly for us, that as long as we are doing God's will, we will get our reward in due time, even though it seems like at this moment we aren't getting what we want. And yet, nonetheless, there is a reward. But we celebrate this feast, the solemnity of all saints. What does that tell us today about our faith journey? Why are we celebrating these saints that are so long gone before us? It's an interesting feast because we might think that it is for the glory of the saints themselves, that it is for their beatitude. It's so that we can praise and we can thank and we can glorify the memory of the saints. But here's the thing. The saints have no need of our praise. The saints have no need of our glory. The saints have no need of our thanksgiving. Our thanksgiving is worth nothing to them. But really what they enjoy now is God's glory. They enjoy that eternal reward. They enjoy his praise and all of the things that he has lavished upon them. So we are not here to glorify the saints. We are not here to praise them, but rather we are to see their example. Because there is a very deliberate design choice in this church structure and in so many others. Because there are saints at all of the points. Because it's to remind us not of the way that we are now, but what we shall be. That all of the imitation and all of the example and model of the saints that are around us, they are to inspire us and to lead us forward and to ultimately bring us home. But herein is the short of what we are to learn today. First, the kingdom of heaven is a reality. It's something that is so often lost in our day and age because it's something that is so far removed from our daily experience. And so it seems like something that does not exist. And yet because of the saints and because of their witness, because of their testimony, and because of what they have sent us from afar, that we know that there is such a thing as heaven. The Lord has promised it to us, and we know that it is there. And it, there is, it is filled with many saints, many angels, and many of those glorifying God. And then the second thing, the kingdom of heaven is possible for each and every one of us seated in these pews this evening. The Lord has called each and every one of us to be saints, that each of us have a different way, a different journey, a different path. Some may look easier, some may look more difficult, and some may look that they have a straight path, some might look more arduous. But nonetheless, sainthood is a possibility, and it is given to each and every one of us as something that we can pursue and we can attain, that it is very possible for us to be a saint ourselves. So we should never lose sight of that possibility. But therein is the homework. Therein is the reason that we celebrate this feast. Therein is the reason that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That we need to be inspired to do the work. 
We need to be inspired to be saints ourselves because in the trials and tribulations of the, this life, in the midst of so many difficulties and so many difficult circumstances, it can be so easy to lose sight of the end goal. But what do the saints remind us? That we can attain heaven. That we should look forward to that heaven that is reality, but we should continue to persevere, to do the work that we need to do right now, to continue to sanctify ourselves, to renounce sin, to renounce weakness, to do what the Lord has asked us to do, to attend Mass, to use the sacraments, to continue to pray day and night so that we too can aspire to the life of the beatified and the life of saints as well. And this is a beautiful day for that moment. We aren't left up to our own devices either, because there is another reason that the saints are all around us. Not just for example, not just for us to imitate, but to remind us that they are interceding on our behalf. They want us to attain our eternal homeland and our eternal reward, and so they too are continuing to speak to the Lord on our behalf so that we too can enter into our heavenly homeland one day if we are given the graces and all of the blessings necessary to make that journey much more easy for us. And so we glorify God in his saints and his angels, not because they need anything from us, but because we celebrate them as someone worthy of imitation and example and someone for us to model. And also we ask for their intercession as well. Brothers and sisters, heaven is a reality. We have so many that have gone before us into their heavenly reward. May we continue to commit ourselves to the work and persevere to this day, so that one day we may not just behold the saints as a reality, but we may become one of them as well.